podcast, Johnson. Listen here, see? It's time for... Guns! Games! Cigarettes! Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns, Dame, Cigarettes. I am Scott, joined Hi, as always by Bill. Hi, I'm Bill. Hello, Bill. Hi. Oh, you sound creepy tonight. Hey. Uh, so, if you're new to it, every other week we go through a film noir title, or at least something that Wikipedia or IMDb categorizes even loosely as film noir. Yeah. Uh, and it has to be filmed kind of during the classic periods of film noir. Uh, and we go through it. We go through it from beginning to end, and we point out scenes we like, the scenes we didn't like, and inconsistencies and funny things and cool things. The credits are cool. We'll tell you the credits are cool. If you like uh, a font, you'll know about it. If you're a fontman, <laughs> you will absolutely love it. Uh, and we have no sponsors, Bill. So That's right. I think we're good. Their sponsor well, is... you can find us on the Dorkening Podcast Network. Yes, along with you, the three podcasts we do, which would be uh, the one you and I do with our friends Scott and Kevin, Secret Underground Hideout. Uh, that's just a pop culture nostalgia one. Uh, the one you and I do with our friend Kevin, Black and White Fright, which is any manner of black and white horror movie up until 1970. We cover a movie every other Friday. And um, my friend Mike and I do one called Every Other Monday's Main Event. If you like wrestling, if you're a film noir and wrestling fan <laughs> if you there like you if you like uh, old-timey wrestling from the 80s 90s really right pretty much uh, pretty much yep we guess yeah. so mike is mike is he's a young, younger man so he's still on the modern product but whatever's yeah. still fun you've been on that a couple times too i have yes yeah. more for the fringe fringe wrestling not real wrestling but yes yes yeah <laughs> japanese japanese grocery store death matches are actual yeah. assault <laughs> yeah, I'll be up for any of those. But this is not that. This is Guns, Dames, Cigarettes. Mm -hmm. yes. And this week, uh, this week was my choice of, for a movie. And it was Strangers on a Train, which is uh, Alfred Hitchcock, 1951, uh, with Farley Granger and um, uh, Robert Walker. A very excellent Robert Walker. <laughs> oh, my God, he's so good. Yes. And, uh, and uh, Patricia Hitchcock. Alfred she was also awesome. Uh, very good in it. I honestly did not even note who plays the leading lady. I forget her name already. Ruth Roman. Thank you. Uh, uh -huh. Which is kind of terrible. And there's, other, there's other folks in here that I recognize. Uh, Bruno's mother, I certainly knew from things. and um, You know, from here and from yeah. there, right? And you got uh, Farley Granger, too. It's his second time on uh, our podcast. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Hitchcock... Uh, I don't think Hitchcock made a lot of film noir. Um, I would say this probably falls in that category. And there are a couple others uh, around this time that would have fallen in this category. But Strangers on a Train is my personal favorite Hitchcock movie. Um, probably followed by, by Psycho mm -hmm. or Rope. Uh, and Rope Rope is way up there for me as well. And that's also Farley Granger. Yes. I got go Rear Window's up there for me. Rear Window's great as well. Yeah, there's a lot of great ones for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Strangers on a Train has been my favorite since I was a kid. Um, and it's really in my top favorite movies. I, this is one of the movies that I like getting people to watch that haven't ever watched it before. Uh, like you. Um, especially people that are like, oh, I like Hitchcock. But if you've ever seen Strangers on a Train, this to me is like, like kind of perfect Hitchcock of weird timings and odd meanings with the doubles. And there's a lot of hidden stuff in this movie. Intense tennis scenes. Intense tennis scenes with <laughs> fancy white pants. So we will uh, we'll go through it and at the end rate it. Let's see how we do. Yeah. You ready? We're going to begin? I get All my right. notes. Our story begins. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, and I have some information on Robert Walker as well because I know you like me to read depressing news. Yes. <laughs> so stay, I do. stay tuned for the tragic end of Robert Walker uh, at the end of this. Yeah. So, uh, so I love the opening scene. Uh, let's begin, right? Credits oh, yeah. are rolling. Uh, the credits roll kind of over a scene outside of a train station. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where it's supposed to be other than Washington. 
I don't know, like, where in Washington, D.C. Unspecified. Yeah. Um, but this is great, right? You have, you have uh, two cabs pulling up uh, separately, and each one a man gets out, and you see his shoes in the bottom of his pants. Yep. Uh, followed by the, the taxi driver with their luggage, because it's the 50s, and that's what they did back then. Um, Nowadays, it's like, slow down, and you get to jump out. Right. It's, you're lucky if you get your luggage, they don't just take off. Yeah. But uh, but I like it. It's already like this weird tense because they're almost like racing. It feels like uh, to get inside, and you don't know who's who or what's going on. Also, the shoes. And the shoes. The shoes are very different. Shoes. Oh, but the shoes, the black and white ones. Oh, those are nice. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. Uh, and then we're inside the train now, and it's still just feet. <laughs> and you see, you see the two pairs of shoes you've been following. One sits down, and the other one sits down and bumps the yep. other pair of feet. Uh, and that's Bruno Anthony. And he recognizes the other pair of shoes wearing man, uh, Guy Haynes. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's an so amateur Guy... tennis star. I assumed he was pro until they bring it up later. Yeah, no, but he's like known. Yeah. He's like a big time amateur. Like he's going to go pro as the. Right, the buzz. Yeah. And they have a conversation about kind of a variety of subjects, really. Bruno Anthony clearly wants to chat, uh, and Guy Haynes clearly wants to read his paper. Well, but, yeah, he apologizes for being too friendly. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah, Robert he... Walker playing just, I don't even know how to describe him. He's so perfectly creepy. There's, there's just, like, he just oozes insincerity. Yes, in the disregard for personal space. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, well, he keeps bringing up the divorce. He's like, well, they, right, talk, sorry, yeah, they, they talk about a bunch of things, and he sees a uh, guy lets Bruno use his lighter. And he sees the initials on the lighter, which are AM. Yep. And then and then GH for Ann Morton and Guy Haynes. And yep. Ann Morton is the daughter of a senator who Guy is romantically linked with, like in the tabloids of the time. The senator? The senator's daughter. I know. Kate Moore. Oh, okay. the, 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 US, the U.S. senator with the British accent? <laughs> yes. Totally <laughs> different time period. Yeah. Um, and he guesses that it's Ann Morton, and then he goes off into the bitter divorce that guy's going through. Yep. Uh, and I, I love... Farley Granger in this movie so good, too. And I just love... He's just like, you know, like, can it, will you, Bruno? You know, like... Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Guy's planning on stopping off in a town called Metcalf to see his wife, Miriam, and to talk to her about getting a divorce. The plan is he's going to divorce Miriam and marry Ann Morton and go into the life of politics. Bruno then goes off on how much he hates his father. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty great. He hates him because his dad wants him to work. Yeah. <laughs> That's Which, really why he hates him. Yeah. Uh, he, was in the, he was 32 when this movie was... At least I, I thought yeah. he, looked, he looked a little older, but I mean, even so, he's just this adult man child, probably living with his parents still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. at one point, his mother's giving him a pedicure, yes. yeah, yeah, so or manicure, manicure, yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes off about how much he hates his dad, and he goes off into his ideas of perfect murders, yeah. Um, and he, you know, saying some people are better off dead, kind of like your wife and my father. Yes. Uh, and then they kind of suppose a situation, mm-hmm. uh, right, where two strangers would murder someone for the other person. And that way there's no connection. No connection means you won't get caught. Just like, well, if I murdered your wife and you murdered my father, yeah, no one would ever catch us. So Guy kind of kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, it just humors him. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's getting ready to leave, and he's kind of condescending to him, right? Because at the end, Bruno just goes, you like my idea, don't you, guy? Oh, sure, sure. Goes, oh, oh, sure, oh, sure, Bruno, sure. Uh, and Guy gets off the train, because now he's in Metcalf, and uh, Albert Hitchcock gets on. That's where he does, with his, double, with his double bass, but also guy, his... guy forgot his lighter, and Bruno yes. kept it. It cuts back to Guy doing that, yep. Yeah. Yep. So now Guy's back in his hometown, and you have the... Is it a cab driver? I don't know what this guy is. Yeah, I don't know if he's a. T- I think he worked at the train station because he does something with he like holds his bags for him. 
like a townie, you know. Well, yeah. we're got money on you. Um, and guy goes to Miller's music store, uh, which is where you learn Miriam, his wife, works. She's a charmer. Now, now, also, I think on the train, I don't know if they were trying, but it made it seem like guy was uh, either the issue, like the problem, the cause for divorce, because he seemed so uneasy with the discussion. Not. Yeah, that's 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 the vibe I got at first, but then it's just a 180 when you see her and see how she acts. Because she's just an asshole. Well, you see how she acts and and, uh, what state she's in. Yeah. So, yeah. They get into an argument pretty fast. uh, And she takes them into, like, a soundproof booth. They said they're recording music in this place. Yeah, or you know that you do to listen to music or something for privacy. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little weird. But uh, but she won't agree to a divorce. She goes on about Ann Morton. Uh, and then he, he brings up the fact that she's uh, pregnant with another man's baby. Yes, and they were, I guess this, she's been like dragging this out for a year, how she wanted the divorce. Now she's changed her mind. She, she wants changed to, her mind because she thinks she knows that guy wants to get into politics now. And, and she, she, she also wants, yeah, she wants some of that, that uh, tennis or pol- yes. uh, politics money. <laughs> she wants, yeah, really, right. But uh, but you could dig into an argument, and he shakes her. Uh, pretty good, actually. And uh, a guy kind of intervenes. Not not like stop hurting her. It's just like not here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He <laughs> well, he's finally like, listen. I know it's Miriam. I get it, but you can't yeah. do it in the store. Yeah. Also, her glasses. <laughs> the glasses are so unflattering. Oh, I know. They're perfect. Oh, they're perfect. But I I read that she. Absolutely didn't need those, and she couldn't. She needed help getting around. So here's the thing so... I didn't get. That is a fact, right? Where, yeah. why do they put real lenses in? I don't it, understand. Like most of the scenes, two you don't words. Read I got two words: Alfred Hitchcock. Right. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Yeah. Like I can see in, in there's a scene right where the glasses play a big role, having different lenses, and they probably reflect, like reflect the light differently and such. But for every other scene, just put glass in. Nope. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. So uh, so he calls Anne uh, and tells her that Miriam won't agree to a divorce. Uh, basically, right? Bringing her up to speed. Yeah. And you cut and you cut to Bruno getting a pedicure from his mother. Oh, no, no. One, one important thing. What I he says he's so mad he could strangle her. Oh, yes. I didn't I did forget to note that. Yes. Yeah. And he, and he yells it because there's a train going by. So Bruno's getting a pedicure from his mother. Weird who finds scene. Him just, who finds him delightful. She thinks everything he says, no matter how horrible, is so funny. Like blowing up the White House? Yes. Right. But he also, the, my note is that yeah, he erotically rubs his, his face on her hand, too. I don't, know if, I don't think it was erotically. It was almost, to me, like, kind of like a, like a puppy. Oh, okay. oh, you didn't hear me. Actually, he whispers erotic when he does it. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I got kind of like he's he does it because it reminds her that she's his mom and needs to take care of him. So he's kind of like the baby. Uh, all right. I could see that. That's what, that's what I talk. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back in time and dig up yeah. his grave. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so she shows him her latest painting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love it because he just goes like into like ridiculous laughter like over yeah. the top laughter uh-huh. and it says yeah it's the old old man yeah, and it's, it's, it's a abstract weird yeah it's just, a, it's just a very ugly painting of a distorted face and she's like it was supposed to be saint francis yeah <laughs> and also also his his silk robe that was something too oh i love it that pattern i, I, I would wear it too <laughs> yeah. so uh so bruno he, he has a call in because oh, yeah. of the time he'd call long distance and wait. Yeah. Uh, and he gets the call back, and it's Guy. He called Guy, and Guy yeah. picked up the phone finally. Uh, and Guy, tell, Guy tells him the divorce hit a snag. Like, he does tell him that. And then Bruno gets, Bruno wants to like chat now. Yeah. And Guy just fucking hangs up. I would have just hung up even before that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, but in the background during this, you can see Bruno's father talking to his mother. Like, he, like, the boy needs ambition. He needs blah, 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 blah. I think he says something like he should be, like, put away or something like that. They know he's, he's... Right. Yeah. He's I mean, they know nuts. He's 
So now we cut to a trip, really, of Bruno uh, on the train. He's going to Metcalf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he looks up Miriam in a phone book when he gets there, because you could do that back then. Yeah. <laughs> the old not, not only did they have phone books with everyone in it, but you also had pay phones with phone books in them. Yes. Yeah, yeah kids. Yeah. <laughs> Way back when, before you held the phone book in your hand and a little computer. Yes. Uh, and he looks her up, and then he waits for her to come out of her house. Uh, and she does, accompanied by two men. Two jovial fellows. I think they were like college guys, it seemed like to me, right? Yeah, she looked, she kind of looked older. I don't know if it was the glasses yeah, think, that were doing it. No, I think she's kind of supposed to be. I don't think she's supposed to be like college age. I think she just acts like she is. Yeah, because she's just a, a, a floozy. Could, right, because she, she's a hawa bill. A what? A hawa. Oh, ho, ho. Yes. <laughs> so um, I, I, this whole this whole scene is so good, kind of yeah. beginning to end, really. But um, they all get on a bus. There's a bus that stops right in front of the house, and Bruno gets on the bus and sits behind them. And they arrive at an amusement park. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they they go right for ice cream, which is kind of fucking weird. yeah. My note about that is everyone wants vanilla ice cream for some reason. Well, no, they actually, one of them says, like, what flavors do you have? And the guy just goes, vanilla. And she goes, oh, my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. That's, but I know, but it's like, but that's your only choice. He only has vanilla. Uh, I don't know. I think they cut him off before he gave him the other ten choices. <laughs> you think he was going to talk and they were just like, nope. Yeah. He sold me a vanilla. Uh, yeah. Under his breath, he's like, I had more choices. But all right. <laughs> huh. Maybe. Uh, but she notices Bruno staring at her. Yeah, she's into it. She is. Right? She think, I think she thinks, you know, like, oh, he's into me. That's, that's cool. I'm with these other two guys. But yeah. <laughs> she likes the attention. So they, they go off, and the two guys try one of the strength testers where you hit the thing with the mallet, and the thing shoots up to the bell. Yes. Uh-uh. And they both fail to ring the bell. Uh, but, but I like she looks for Bruno. She's like, she's keeping an eye on him. Yeah. And she can't find him. He's, he's right standing there. to her right. <laughs> yes. Right before this, though, when he's following her and the little, this little boy yeah. dressed the cowboy, like, shoots, like, oh. shoots at him. And Bruno's yeah, yeah, yeah. pops his balloon with a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That was great. Uh, and he wins. He tries, he wins a Cupid doll. That doll's a Cupid. I don't remember what a Cupid doll looks like. I mean, I, they haven't been around for a very long time, but uh, and they go, they go on a carousel or a merry-go-round uh, where they sing a really weird song. I don't know. Yeah. This um, but Bruno's singing along. She, Bruno's right behind them on it, and she looks back and sees him, and she's so happy he's singing along. Yeah. <laughs> like she, oh, she's into it. The Cupid dolls. Okay, I know what they are. They're the, the creepy, like naked little babies. Yeah, yeah. That look a little guilty, possibly. Maybe. Not guilty. I wouldn't so trust they then They then queue up uh, for a boat ride through the Tunnel of Love. Yeah, this is a very elaborate... Is this a permanent... I thought it was like, oh, it's a town fair, but it seems very elaborate. No, I, I think it's an amusement park. Okay. Yeah. and, and it, So you go through the Tunnel of Love, and then you come out to a to Magic Isle. Yeah, this also confused me, because I'm like, dude, you just like left the park, and you leave this boat here, and you're done? If this is before I knew it was an island that you would leave, you know, go back. Oh, oh yeah. Like, well, then, if you go too far, you, you go to the right, you just go out to sea. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> just, that's it, yeah. you're done. On your yeah. own. Uh, but they go in, they, the three of them go into the front boat, and then Bruno goes in a boat behind him. He picks up popcorn, by the way, which yeah. I love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's just, he's just in the boat behind them, just eating popcorn slowly. Casual. Uh, one of my favorite shots of the whole movie is in this when they're going through in the shadows. So you see the shadows of the three of them in the front, and one of them's clearly trying to like either make out with her or touch her boobs or something. And yeah. you just see the shadow of Bruno's boat. It looks like he's catching up with them. Yeah, yeah. He's not. It's just shadows. Yeah. But I love it. it I love he's really, just, he's really just eating popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting his time, eating popcorn. So uh, they all reach the island. <clears throat> the two guys kind of chase Miriam. Well, they're all having a great gay old time. And she's running from them. And she bumps into someone. And, of course, it's Bruno. Who asks 
if she's married, like, is your name Miriam? Yep. And she's just kind of like, like, yes, it is. Like, oh. oh. <laughs> and he just, like, immediately starts to strangle her. Yes. Her glasses fall down, and you see the strangling reflected through the glasses. Yeah, that was, like, they, like, layered two different shots to get that effect. Yeah. It was a cool effect, though. Oh, very, yeah, very, very cool yeah. Um, so, yeah, he strangles her to death. Uh, and then just kind of, like, walks away. Yeah. <laughs> you see the... You yep. just take the glasses. Yes. And he, yeah. he drops and, a lighter. And, he, dro- and he drops the lighter and he picks it up. Yeah. Yes. But you can you can hear shouts for help as the two guys discover she's dead. They think she fainted, and then they're shouting for help. Bruno heads on back to the to the uh, amusement park, and as he gets off, the guy who kind of runs the boat thing looks at him a little strange because everyone's looking to figure out what's going on. There's people yelling from the island, "Send help!" And, yep. you know, this guy's getting off the boat looking like, I don't give a fuck. Just yeah, like walking like, calm as can be. Like, he, he, uh, wasn't, he wasn't suspicious in the first place that a, a man by himself would just go to a makeout island. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, very strange, but it is what it is. Yeah. But he gets away. Bruno gets away. Um, so now we cut to Guy on a train with mm-hmm. a really drunk guy. Yes, super um, drunk. Collins, Professor Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's heading back towards Washington. I think he's, he's heading home from, um, where he's heading home from, actually? Tennis, I would assume. Uh, tennis. Um, but I, <laughs> I love the guy Collins. He's singing these bizarre songs and then going off about the speech he gave, and he's like loaded. Yeah. And Guy just <laughs> seems kind of amused by the whole thing. So you cut back to Guy, he's now home, and he hears his name being called. Yeah, yeah. And he looks across the street. Uh-huh. And yeah, Bruno's Bruno's across the street waiting for him. And I love it because guy goes over. I don't know if I would have gone over, but he goes over. Uh, and really, is one of the first things Bruno hands him her glasses. Yep. He's like, "What you do?" I think it's funny he, he, when he calls him crazy. He, actually, that's like the one thing that gets him a little bit mad, like breaks. Oh his... yeah, yeah. Yep. And then guy threatens to call the police. And Bruno just kind of explains, well, they planned it together, don't you remember? Back on the train, and like you benefit from the murder, I, I, why would I kill her? Yeah, and he, yeah, you hit a motive. Which part of me at this point in the movie it was like, well, he's clearly fucking nuts. So if you did go to the police and you're like, this fucking crazy man yeah, has this thing, just talk to him for like a minute and a half. There's no way you can act sane for a minute and a half. Yeah, and he he knows his actual name, and they could, right. they, could, they, could, they could trace him down. They traced the drunk guy in the train. Right. But, eh, you know, it is what it is, I guess, right? Movie. Gotta move the movie along. Movie magic. Movie magic. So, <laughs> it's, um, a police car pulls up. Yeah, well, his phone rings. The phone rings, yeah. Very loud phone. And, yes, I love, uh, Bruno just says like it sounds like somebody's getting some news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the then the cops pull up, and guy hides in the shadows with Bruno, so the cops don't see him. Get that auto guilt. Yeah, he actually mentions it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I should, but I feel yeah. He doesn't like what he's becoming. Uh, and Bruno tries to tell guy about the best way to kill his father. <laughs> at this point. It's very matter guys, of fact. Yeah, and guys just like basically fuck off, and he leaves. And guy answers the phone, uh, and it's Anne, telling him to come over right away. Like something's happened. Yep. And once there, you get a little little, little makeout scene between Anne and guy. Yeah, I made I made with that too. Makeout session. Yeah. Uh, and her father, the senator, wants to see him right away. Senator Fancy Pants. Senator Fancy Pants. Uh, and he's told at that point that Miriam has been murdered. And he's like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Miriam has been murdered. Oh, my God. You should have said uh, for reals. <laughs> uh-huh. And they discuss his alibi. You know, like, like, well, you know, just say you, you know where you were. And the police want to talk to you. But you'll be fine. Like, where were yeah. you? But you I do like, train. let's not forget Babs and his sister. Did you yeah, like, bring up all the negative aspects? 
She's great in this. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome in this. She yeah. was in uh, she was in Psycho as Janet Lee's co-worker briefly, right? In the, at the start of the yes. movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she's a... in some episodes of uh, Hitchcock Presents too. Oh, okay. Yes. I read that she uh, she actually directed the scene uh, where Hitchcock pours a drink. Yes, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. She, she she's good in this. She 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 pulls off the role really well. I, I, I always liked her in this. But um, but they discuss the alibi, and he says he spoke with, uh, you know, uh, Professor Collins uh, from Delaware Tech. Mm-hmm. So guy goes to the police, and he sees the, the professor from the trains, like sitting there. So guy's like super yes. happy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He does like a little like a little smile nod to him, you know, and gets absolutely nothing back. Uh, and he, he introduces the the main cop introduces the professor to guy. Who has no idea who he is? Like yeah. he doesn't recognize Guy at all. He had a little bit of a celebration. Yeah, a little. And uh, yeah, doesn't recognize. Now, now guy. here's the thing, though. There's no one else at, on the train or at either train station that would have seen him. Yeah, no one here. He bought a ticket from someone. A conductor had to, you know, someone else had to have seen him. I think they yeah. uh, they let it go know. there. I think oh. they're kind of bad cops because really all you had to do was look for people that got off in the Metcalf station. There can't right. be that many people traveling to Metcalf at that time. Or, you know, you just check with the conductor. Yeah. There's a lot of things they could do, but they're lazy cops. Yeah. Small town coppers. Small town coppers. So we've technically, at this point, we had plenty of cigarettes already. And we've had, oh, yeah. We've had the dames as far as it goes for this. Yeah, as, as good as the dames got, yeah. I mean, it's uh, Bruno's mother is the dame in this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there is a gun at some point. So. Well, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Calm down. Oh, boy. Uh, but because he can't prove his alibi, basically he's going to have a cop tail in him. Yep. So, here's what it is. So, he's over at uh, at, at the Morton's. Uh, and he points out the cop outside, and a guy for call, guy for call, a call for guy, uh, comes in at the Morton's house. Made a call for him, and it's it's Bruno. Yep. And he is immediately hangs up. Yeah, I like how they they bring a phone in and plug it into a wall so you can take it to. You know, fifty one man technology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was actually probably pretty cool. Yeah. It's portable. Yeah, portable phone. <laughs> So now he's walking to DC with the cop, kind of having a little conversation with him. Very, very friendly guy. The way yeah, the cop. The, co- the cop doesn't think that he did it. Yeah, he's like telling him, "Oh, this will be like you know over before you know it." And he's talking about the match that's coming up because uh, guy has like a big tennis match coming up, um, and they're having a conversation like, "Oh, you know, this will be done before then. Like you'll yeah. be fine." Yeah. Yeah. And I love it because he looks over, he sees Bruno standing on the Lincoln Memorial. Yes, by himself, watching. Just him standing on the steps. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Oh, that's so good. And then I don't know if I'm cutting out anything, but it's like the next morning, a guy finds an envelope under his door. No, uh, yep, that's yep. Uh, and it's it's a note from a B. It's signed B. Yeah. Uh, saying they need to discuss his father, and he just. He just like burns the note. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's just like done. Now in the novel, he kills his father. Yeah, I've I I, I only read that that happens. Have you read the novel? No, no. no. I, I find that very interesting though. Yeah, I'm wondering. Like, that's a huge difference. Can't take the pressure. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they both go to jail. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's huh. a little weird. But. But anyway, so uh, so he's walking with Miriam now, and Bruno interrupts. Yeah, they're like and himself. Yeah, and calls the guy, and you get a shot of Anne checking him out and noticing Bruno has he had this on the train at the beginning of the movie, which is a, a really kind of tacky tie with his name on it. Yeah, that his mother that his mother gave him. That's why he wears it. Yep. So he's he's wearing that, and Anne sees the Bruno on the tie and then bruno sees barbara barbara's there bruno sees barbara well, and you just kind of he kind of zones out into barbara for a minute he, yeah that's 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 later on in the movie that hasn't happened yet 
No, no, no. This is the first time he meets Barbara. Nope. <clears throat> yes, this, this no, is no, the no. strength. No, no, I know that. No, no, there's... But we're still getting a little ahead of ourselves. They had their date. And then... Look at my notes here. Because they, they had their little date, and like that's, that's when Bruno tries to get him, and they, they leave. And then he has his... Oh uh, yeah, 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 tennis, no, yeah, tennis, totally. yeah, tennis, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, well, I think it seems like possibly like a live action movie too, but or a TV show. But, but right before this, Guy tells Bruno to stay away from him, and when Anne asks who he was, Guy denies ever seeing him before. Yeah, just, like a, he's fan. just a fan. Yeah. yeah. So at, at Anne's before the match, he opens another envelope, and inside there's a key and a map of Bruno's house. Yes, <laughs> like detail. a handwritten map. Uh, and then you cut to tennis. And Guy waits to play. He's waiting for his turn oh, to play. And you okay. see the crowd looking left and right. And Bruno's there just staring straight ahead at Guy. Yes. Love it. And then Bruno also, gets up. I was, really, turn. Yeah. I was really bothered by the the way Guy was wearing the sweater around his neck when he came out. It looked very, uh, very uncomfortable and just bad. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a very itchy sweater on top of it. Yeah. Um, and Bruno's Bruno's leaving. And after the match... He goes and he sees Bruno sitting with Anne, <laughs> yeah, and, and some, her father, some, and a yeah. French woman. No, it's actually a French couple. The dad's not there. It's like a. Oh, is, is it? I thought yeah. it was her dad. No, no, they, they Bruno meets him later at the at that party. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. um, And Anne sees the name on his tie, and realizes it's the same person that talked yeah. to God earlier. Yes. And then Bruno sees Barbara. Yeah, this is a. Oh, I mean, everyone, you can tell she resembles Miriam slightly. Same kind of glasses and. Right? Yeah. Um, but you can see him. He's normally very fake smiles. And when he sees Barbara, it's just like sour face. Hey, creepy. And, and you, hear, you hear the music from the amusement park. And you hear him asking if her name is Miriam. Yes. <laughs> I love. But nothing really comes of this. Not really. Uh, just creep, creeping uh, around, that's all. <laughs> yeah. So now we have Guy receiving a gun in the it mail. Just because of that, yeah. yeah. It would be funny. Which, which, it which was... is the gun for Guns Day of Cigarettes. So yeah, that's completed it. The, the, tri the trio. Doesn't get used, unfortunately. It's not the first time that's happened. There's been a gun that hasn't been used, but it makes an appearance now i'm curious it was like wrapped i wonder if it was mailed just like that like a gun-shaped package or if it was in something else <laughs> well it's the 50s you probably could just mail guns yeah huh. uh so this this next scene is fantastic as well which is oh, uh, it's at, they're at like a party yeah uh and bruno goes up to guy to shake hands and you just see guy that is just yelling at him yeah <laughs> can't walking. hear anything yeah and, and Bruno like he takes off and he beelines for Anne. Yeah, he just stops and like, oh, he like runs right over. Yeah, he beelines for Anne and her father, and he tells the senator some of his like ridiculous theories about space and stuff. I think it, it, that seemed like he was just like, I'm gonna fuck with this guy for a minute. I think he really believes crazy things, man. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, uh, and then you know they kind of like mingles, right? Yeah, he's, he's talking to a judge. Yeah. About executions. Uh, how he could like live with himself or sentencing people <laughs> to death. <laughs> right. So now you have two women. You have Mrs. Cunningham and Mrs. Anderson uh, sitting on a couch. And they're talking. Mrs. Cunningham seems to kind of like Bruno. She thinks he's funny. Yeah. Charming. So, yeah. And they discuss murder uh, and like how they would do murder. And, and what's her thing? Her What was her plan? It was ridiculous. Well, I think uh, one of them was like uh, something to do with along the lines of driving out to like middle of nowhere and knocking out the husband and like setting him in the car on fire. Right, but then but then Bruno's like, no, 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 and you walk, walk all home. the way back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the other one was like, poison. He's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> he likes but he's that. Like, but he's like, if you want to wait two weeks. Yeah. 
<laughs> so then he brings up his own kind of method of murder, uh, right? Which we know is strangulation. Yes. So he's going to demonstrate on Mr. Cunningham how he would how he can make it so that she can't actually talk. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh yeah, go ahead." She thinks it's like funny, you know. So he puts his hands on her throat, and then he's not going to hurt her. I don't think that's his intention at all. I'm not sure because he says like, uh, "Like you'll know like when I nod." He mentions that. I don't know. I think he was giving her like an out, and she was a problem. I don't. I never got the impression that he wanted to hurt. He doesn't want to get arrested. Yeah. So I don't know, but. But anyways, he sees Barbara, and he starts staring at Barbara, and that music starts to play in his head. Yeah. Uh, and he looks, like, really severe. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and he's he's actually, at this point, strangling Mrs. Cunningham <laughs> but she's staring just, at Barbara. I like how she's, like, being strangled, but she's just crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, she can't breathe. Yeah, um, and he Bruno just passes out. Yep, it's just imagine like being like it was like turning around and seeing that as it's unfolding before your eyes. Like, what the hell's happening at this party? This high right. class affair. Uh, and they drag Bruno out, and Bruno's left alone with Guy. Bruno's kind of passed out. Uh, and when he comes to, they argue. Yep, I like that. This guy punches Bruno, who says, "You shouldn't have done that, Guy." Barry's liked. Uh, and Guy kind of escorts him out of the party, like, it's time to go, Bruno. Yeah, because he's still out of it, kind of. Yeah. And Barbara talks to her sister, Anne, and he says, he looks at he looked at me, his hands were on her throat, but he was strangling me. Yep. Uh, and she takes off her glasses, and Anne looks at them, and she kind of is like, hmm. She has, like, a thought at this point. Yeah, she's starting to put things together. Yeah, uh, and... She tells Guy she knows he didn't just meet Bruno the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asks what Miriam looks looked like, what his, ex, what his wife looked like. Yeah. Uh, even though she knows, she's seen pictures in the paper. Uh, but she asked what she looked like. She wanted to confirm that she wore glasses and kind of looked like Barbara. Didn't, didn't he say something like, oh, she's pretty? I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but she accuses him at this point of getting Bruno to kill Miriam. Yeah. And you can't blame her. No. I mean, she's adding things up in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Because the, re- like, the reality is ridiculous. Well, like, and the, the line he says, too, is like, if I went to the cops, they'd be saying the same things you are right now. Which, which is fair. Yeah, so um, he'd be screwed. Yeah, that's, he's like, you know, that's why I, don't, I didn't want you to know, because I don't want anyone else becoming involved in his madness. Right. He, conf- he confesses that, yeah, Bruno is the murderer. Yeah. But... He explains the whole scheme. He's like he's a maniac. So Guy has an idea, and he calls Bruno and says he's fine. He's agreed to the plan. He's going to kill his father like he wants to be done. So the plan is that Guy's going to go there that night. Right? And kill his father? Yes. So we think. And And he has to to keep in mind, too, there's a second cop who's tailing him at this point, and he gives him a slip. Yes. Right, right, right. And the second cop thinks he's guilty. It, yeah, according to the first cop, but not the friendly one. He's, he's just like right. quick, to, quick to judge. The, the the first cop, the friendly one, uh, seems to have the the kind of hachimachis for Barbara. Yes. <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> ulalas. The ulalas. So guy gets to the he gets to the Anthony house, uh, and he has his gun with him, which seems like a bad idea, but it's okay. Uh, and he uses the key that Bruno mailed him, right? Yep. And I like this because he looks at the map and he sees the stairs. And he starts going up and you just see this fucking dog. And it's like, oh, yes. God. Is that a Great Dane? It's massive. Yeah, I think so. Massive dog. It's just growling. And I don't know, man. He's just kind of like, okay, keeps going. And the dog is a weird slow motion shot of the dog licking his hand. Yeah, it's very weird. But I guess it was built some slight tension. Yeah, and the dog just licks his hand, licks his hand. So, right. so he's following the map uh, and heads into his father's room, and he just calls out like, "Mr. Anthony, we have to talk about your son." Yes. Now I have to say, and I'm sure you've seen Throw Mama from the Train. I have. I have not. 
You haven't? Oh, well, I I, if I may bring up really quick, you know who's in it at least? Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. The yeah. whole point of that is uh, Billy Crystal is uh, an author whose ex-wife has like stole his latest novel idea and she's having great success and he's stuck teaching this like community college uh, writing class. And Danny DeVito is this like student who kind of becomes obsessed and kind of stalks him. But he goes and sees Strangers on a Train in a theater uh, and he takes inspiration from that. Like, um, he, like he's like a terrible writer and he, he misunderstands like Billy Crystal's advice of having to, have, if you're gonna have a murder story, you have to have someone with, with a motive. So it all, he sees the movie, and he, that's his inspiration to try to murder Billy Crystal's ex-wife, because, okay. and in return, he wants Billy Crystal to murder his mother, who's just hoping horrible to him. It's the woman from Goonies, is it? It is, yes. But there's a shot yeah. later in the movie where you know it is assumed that the ex-wife has been murdered, and. Billy Crystal is, is a suspect, so he's in the run. He ends up hiding out at the end of his house, and he doesn't want to kill the mother. But so there's a scene where, like, the individual goes out so he can perform the deed, and he does the same thing where he tries to, like, explain to her. Mm. But in, in that scene, like, she's in bed, but her eyes are open, so he's just looking at her, like, trying to explain. But she sleeps mm. with her eyes open. Oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. You should, I think you should. I think you'd enjoy it. You should. You should try to. You should watch them now. I think you'd like it. But yeah, there's. They, they use some okay. of those things. The, some of the same uh, ideas for throwing from the train. Yeah. So. Alrighty. A little aside. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you, so you called up Mr. Randy. We was talking about your son and the figure in the bed kind of rises. Oh and he yeah. turns on the light and womp womp. It's Bruno. He's still in his tuxedo. Yep. And <laughs> guy explains. Yeah, he has no intention of killing his father. And he tells Bruno to get mental help. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Uh, and he gives Bruno the gun. He doesn't want the gun. Mm-hmm. And Bruno points it at him. And I love this because Guy's just like, fuck you. Yeah. Walks <laughs> yep. out. Like, and right. it's just Bruno, Bruno holding the gun yeah. on him like the whole time as he's leaving. And then finally says, I'm not going to shoot you, Guy. I don't want to disturb Mother. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'll think of something, though. I'm clever. Yeah, something else happens in between, but I, I think that it's the next day, and now you have Ann Morton uh, is at Bruno's house talking to his mother. Yeah, I don't know how she knew. Oh, how, like how she knew? Yeah. Well, well, she well must actually, have, you get, it, she knows his whole name, so she must be able to figure out the Antony residence from it. And do the cops figure out yet that guy got out, or that doesn't happen yet? Um. No, they I have did. a note a little bit later, but well, they, it doesn't really matter. The cops noticed that guy did disappear for a, a little bit. They don't know where he went. Yeah. Um, which is very suspicious. So they start talking about actually pulling him in. Right, right, right. At this point. So um, so ends up Bruno's house talking to his mother, who just thinks everything's a big practical joke. Yeah, he wouldn't murder anyone. Right. Uh, and... Bruno enters and talks after, to her. After the mother leaves, yeah, in his, in his outrageous robe again. Yeah. Uh, and tells her that he's actually been protecting Guy. That Guy yeah. murdered Miriam. He's been protecting him. And, and he actually went back to the island to get the lighter Guy dropped. But he couldn't actually come go through with it because that would make him an accessory to murder. Yes. And there's a little it's a little reminder shot right, that Bruno has the lighter. He actually he's he's holding it in his hand and yeah. Uh, and she but Anne's very upset, of course. Sure. <laughs> and Anne talks to Guy about the visit, and he determines not incorrectly that all that lighter talk must mean that he plans on putting it at the scene of the crime. Yes. To show that Guy was there, uh, and. Going by what they know of Bruno, he, he's like a creature of habit, right? And he has like he has ways of doing things. He would go only at night. Yeah, which again, good good for guy for thinking like a maniac. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, but guy is a tennis match, the big tennis match that that they've been building up to. Yeah, yeah if, but if he if he can finish the match in three games, he'll have time to get to the island before nighttime. 
Right, and he wants to do it because he doesn't want to the cops to be suspicious if he like would leave this big match and right. not play it. So he has to do it, yeah. Right, but the cops they've decided to pull him in after the match. Yep. Which again, their way, the, the, yeah. the, bag, the the jury cops like just do it now. He's like, I just the good cop like yeah, just let him have his one match. Let him have well, his the, fun. the other cop he mentioned earlier that he wants to see the match. So. Oh yeah, so he's excited about right. it. Now we have a. We have a back and forth for a little bit, which I love, which is Guy playing tennis and Bruno on his way. So Guy wins game one of three, and you cut to Bruno leaving his house. And then the shots back and forth between the game and Bruno, and Guy wins game two. Yep. And at this point, Ann sends Barbara to get a taxi. Yeah. That's already, I, I, like, been, been booked. I read about the scene they gave him, like, I was like, I get they paid, like, $10 for the cat. But I guess it was an actual $10 bill, and at this time, you, it was illegal to show real money in a movie unless you had permission from the U.S. Treasury. Really? Yeah. But they, I guess they got away with it, yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock was like, you know who the fuck I am? Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, it cuts to the back of the taxi, and you see there's a pair of pants Yep. in the back. Uh, and Guy loses the next game. Oh, cutting it close. Yep. Uh, and you cut to Bruno, who drops the lighter. Well, he is dropping. He, he gets kind of bumps into him. Well, yeah, and he's he's always holding the lighter. He won't not hold it. Yeah. So it falls out of his hand and into a sewer grate. Yeah, and he's like, ah. <laughs> and he's but, like, he's like literally like yelling help. Like he needs, <laughs> he yeah. needs like an, he needs like an ambulance. I can't complete like my a, murder plot without this lighter. And he's yelling. And people are crowding around because this crazy guy is yelling into a sewer, and yeah. and he starts yelling at everyone. They're like, "Well, do something!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's so entitled. But now we're kind of back and forth between the match and Bruno trying to get his lighter. He has his arm down the drain, like super slowly because he doesn't yep, want to knock just, it. Yep, but he does anyways. Well, yeah, he picks it up, and you see his fingertips picking it up, and then he drops it. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. <laughs> Um, and Bruno finally gets the lighter and just takes off. Yeah. And Guy wins at this time, finally, the third game, and takes off. Puts on yep. his jacket and gets the fuck out. And, and Barbara, actually, yeah, she stalls the cop. Yeah, the spills just an obnoxious amount of cosmetics on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, the other cop sees Guy leaving, and they they give chase. Uh, but Guy gets in the taxi, right? Yep. And I like they like they commandeer a vehicle to follow him. And it's yeah. Old, it's like how exciting. Yeah, she's like all for it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they follow Guy to to the train station. They spot him, and line buying a ticket, but they hold back. And they go up afterwards, and they they find out he's going to Metcalf, his hometown where Miriam was murdered. Yeah. So uh, so now Bruno arrives at the amusement park. Well, well let's uh, not he, mention that the the cops there like let's let's we'll just tell the Metcalf cops, let them see because there's this could lead to something bigger. So the good cop yeah. has has a good hunch. Yes. Yes. Uh, you cut the guy on the train and back to Bruno. We kind of you know. You show time's passing, guys moving. Bruno's waiting for night to fall, mm-hmm. kind of killing time. Uh, and the sun setting as guy kind of pulls up on the train, and he gets a taxi to the music park. But at this point, you're right. So the cops have pulled in the local police. Yeah. And they kind of spread out. Bruno heads to the boats because now it's dark enough. And there's back and forth cuts of guys trying to get to the boats, <laughs> and Bruno's standing in line. Yeah. Waiting for a boat. Um, and a cop goes over and starts talking to the boat worker. And the boat worker guy recognizes Bruno at this point. Like, there's something. It's, like, he... he something's clicking. Yeah, there's something. Uh, and he tells the police something. You don't see what. Yeah. But you see him talking. He calls the police over, policeman over. And he talks to him. Uh, and... Guy arrives at that point and sees Bruno, who takes off. Yep. Uh, and Bruno jumps on the merry-go-round. 
Because everywhere he turned, it's, it's cops, cops, and then this guy who's like, hey! Yeah. Uh, and he immediately shoots the operator. <laughs> well, yeah, the, that was that, that. I laughed at this. It's just like what happened the next. Because it's not that he just does that, it's a reckless murder. The yeah. fact that he, when he's dying, he like pulls a switch, which makes the merry-go-round go. It shouldn't ever like be able to go that fast to begin with. <laughs> no, but it is yeah, crazy fast. <laughs> so, yeah, he shoots the operator. The ride takes off faster as the guy, the operator, falls on the lever. I like how the cops just jump on and they just can't do it. It's too fast. Yeah, and Guy and Bruno are fighting, and everyone else is like panicking. But I love there's. There's all these parents, right? The kids are on the ride, and yeah. there's this one woman freaking out about her son, and they cut to him, and he's just laughing and having a great time. Yeah, well, like, he, loves is, it. he is, but then like he's like helping Guy to like to attack Bruno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you cut to there's a little little old guy steps up. <laughs> yeah, and says that he could stop the ride, which is nice. Uh, but he's gonna do it by climbing under yeah, the moving helmet. They ever. Which he really did. Yep. I guess yep. Hitchcock was terrified the whole time that he was going to, like, kill him. <laughs> yeah. But what was uh, funny was he... when, when he crawls under, one of the cops is like, hey, be careful. And the other cop's like, do you want to do it? And he's like, no, you, you can do it. <laughs> 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 right, right. It's like a little bit of comic relief. Yeah. Um, and you get this, this awesome back and forth. Nope. Oh, what? What has happened? That's, again, my... It's the oil burner. Wow. I, I, it, yeah. Wow, that's really loud tonight. I can yeah. That's all right. We're getting towards the end. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love this, though, because you're, you're kind of cutting back and forth between Guy and Bruno fighting. It's mm-hmm. a pretty knockdown, drag out fight. At one point, Guy's like swinging off the edge. Yep, yep. Uh, and then you're cutting to that to the little old guy who's like wiping his brow. And At one point, he takes, really... his dentures, takes his dentures out. <laughs> that's right. I love, I love it. Like the, the kid we was smiling for gets knocked down and almost falls off. Yeah, because thanks to Bruno. Uh, yeah, and Guy rescues him. And Bruno kicks Guy to the edge. And you just see, it's the point of view of getting kicked in the face by Bruno, which I yes. love. I love <laughs> that shot. Uh, and he's barely holding on. And the old guy reaches the middle. Uh, and, and apparently there's no other way to do this, but just off so yeah, he just because... turns the whole thing off. Uh, and the whole ride just basically fucking explodes. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's off the rails. Uh, the whole ride crashes. Horses go flying off. Yep. Like, it's crazy. Sparks, I, like how they, like, I like how they shot it. You can tell it's a um, rear projection that they're facing to get the effect, but it still yeah. looks good. I guess it was a toy one that they shot close up, and then Hitchcock had a massive yeah. screen. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's crazy, though, watching this thing just fall apart. Everyone's freaking out because you're thinking now every little kid on there is dead, but all right. Yeah, or in there. Um, but guys made it out, uh, and he's telling the police everything. Yeah. Right? But the but the cops are still, they're, they're especially the, the kind of, I don't want to say bad cop, but the cop that's suspicious thinks it's him, thinks he's the murderer. He's like, right? yeah, the yeah, boat operator shows up and is like, that's him. And he's like, yeah. I know. And he's like, no, not him. Yeah. The other it's, guy. I think that, that cop, that's that's the, the Metcalf police chief. Who oh, yeah. wasn't convinced until that point. So, it, yeah, the boat operator agrees. Like, no, like, he's not the murderer. It's the other guy. Yeah, It's yeah. Bruno, but Bruno's stuck under the yeah. ride. Buried under horses. <laughs> I love it because he's dying and the motherfucker still refuses to admit anything. Yep. Anything. He's still just like... The cops are talking to him, trying to get him to confess, and he's like, like "It was guy." Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, and, like the guy's like, "Can we can we search him?" And the cops like, "No." Right. <laughs> he wants to see if he has a lighter on him. Right, and that's the thing they want to see about the lighter. And Bruno dies, so his hand opens up, and the lighter is there. Yep. And then the and cops is like, oh, "I'll take that." Yeah. Apparently, at that point, it doesn't matter. War like. be damned. So, uh, so this next scene. Well, actually, no, there's a, there's a walkaway scene um, with Guy commenting to the boat operator because the boat operator is like, who was he? Yeah. And he says, Bruno Antony. He's like a very clever fellow. Yep. And that's where Hitchcock wanted the movie to end. But instead, we have the scene 
where it's like the next day or so. Uh, and Anna, Anna Guy are on a train. Oh, no, and before that, they get, Anne gets a phone call first. Oh. Oh, in the version I watched, which actually is on my, yeah, on my Plex. It's between those, uh, so she gets a phone call from Guy that everything's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the only break, I bring it up be, only because they want you wanted to do a, a certain type of shot Hitchcock where the phone would be in focus with everything, but it, it, you didn't have enough space to do it. So the phone mm. in the foreground is actually like, an, like, a, like a very large phone. And so mm. when, when Anne approaches it, they pan up so the phone's out of frame and she picks up a regular size uh, receiver because he yeah. wanted it all to be in focus. So he he had this like giant novelty phone made for the scene. Huh. Yeah. For what a for, for this little scene. That's Hitchcock for you. Yeah. But the next game they're on a train and there's a priest on the train and he asks, "Hey, oh, aren't you Guy Haynes?" And they just get up and leave. Yeah. I would be like, "Fuck and you." And that's the end. Yeah. A little, little comedy at the end. So yeah, so Hitchcock wanted the movie to end at the amusement park where he calls Bruno a very clever fellow. Warner Brothers disagreed. That was a like, ending. I know. It's like, why do you, every time they tack on an ending because of the studio, the studio's always wrong. Yep. The studio has always made the wrong decision. And I don't understand. At this point, Hitchcock was very well established. Let the man have his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the novel, Guy leaves a book behind, not, not a lighter. Oh, okay. A book. So. So Ronson Lighters, right, a famous lighter company. The 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 like the president of Ronson Lighters asked a friend who was an acquaintance of Hitchcock if he could talk to Hitchcock to see if he would put a Ronson lighter in one of his movies at some point. Oh. Like it's like a promotional thing. So Hitchcock, the lighter in this movie is a Ronson lighter. Hitchcock worked it in for him. Oh, that's nice. That was nice of Alfred. Yeah. Uh, and the carousel operator on the set, the guy who actually ran the carousel, was the guy who volunteered to crawl under it. <laughs> I think he said really, was, really, was, really, was really shot to death. No, and uh, he, okay. so the little guy really was the carousel operator on the set, oh. and he really did it while it was running. Hey, if he's, he's, a, he's a pro. He knows what to do. Yeah. Strangers on a train. Yeah. The, not enough train in this movie. I'm disappointed about the amount of train. I don't know. At one point, the one went by in the background, and I was like, God damn, there's a lot of trains in this movie. <laughs> Not for my liking. So, Robert Walker uh, is perfect in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, could be no better. Could be no better. Was so good. Uh, but, but yeah, so uh, in 1949, uh, he was treated for what they called a psychiatric disorder. Um, and this came out in 51. So timeline-wise, we're getting close. Yeah. Uh, and when he was released from the psychiatric hospital, he was cast in Strangers on a Train. Uh, two months after the film came out, so the movie came out in um, June, uh, in August 1951, his housekeeper found him in what she called an, emo- an emotional state. Hmm. He was very upset. So she called his psychiatrist saying, you know, he's having, uh, like, a problem. And the psychiatrist arrived, and the word around the time was one of his friends was there as well mm-hmm. and held him down while the psychiatrist gave him a amobarbital, like a barbiturate sedative, um, to sedate him. But he had been drinking. Oh. And the combination of that killed him. What like. Almost like almost immediately, and he oh, was geez. pronounced dead at the house. At thirty-two, he was thirty-two when he died. The uh, doctor face any charges? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But yeah, boy, I mean, it would have really been interesting to see. This was this was his biggest film, right? Yeah, yeah. It was only up for a couple of months before he died. It would have been interesting to see if he was able to overcome his kind of psychological problems. Yeah. To see what he would have done, he was only 32. I mean, you, you think you, if he acted into his 60s, he would have been into the 80s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bummer. He's so good at this fucking movie, man. He, like, well, he, it. It, it went every out time he goes, 
Every time he just says guy, you're like, oh, the way he says guy. Yeah. Like, everything. Is he's one of those people, like, we've all experienced him in real life, too, is there some random person who just won't leave you alone. Right. But he's also, you know, there's a charm to him. Yeah. More so at first. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. But, you know, there is something. There is something to him. And he just plays that character really well. He does look a little bit older in the movie. I was, I'm wondering how much that had to do with maybe he was having an alcohol problem. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I wouldn't have taken him for 32. Yeah. Maybe like mid to late 30s. But he was married to Jennifer Jones. Um, was a pretty big actress. Oh. If you looked her up, you probably didn't recognize her from something. You don't know that. Pretty sure, pretty sure. But anyways, let's give uh, thoughts, opinions, and ratings. All right. Uh, I really like this, and I regret that I waited so long to watch it. And I thank awesome. you for getting me to do it, finally. Uh, awesome. I thought, yeah, all the main players were, were fantastic. Uh, but, it's, yeah, especially... Uh, Robert Walker. He was, I'd say, Robert Walker and then uh, Patricia Hitchcock were my favorites in this movie. Yeah. I mean, Farley Granger was no slouch either. Sure. Um, again, and, I, and I'm saying it carefully before, but the the way they did the, the tennis scene with um, Bruno getting to, to Metcalf was intense. It was, yeah, it was yeah. a, bit, a lot of tension. So it was it's tennis, but it's just like, oh my God, he's going to finish, he's going to win the match. Look, look <laughs> how sweaty right. he is. Right, so it is tennis too. It's it not is. even like anything too dramatic, really. But yep. they make it. Yeah. Well, because I think they played it up too that the uh, he was being very aggressive in his style, which he normally wasn't, because they had the announcer being like, "He never plays like this." So, right, just to help drive home that the importance of him getting out of there so he could you know save his life, really. Right. Um, no, but you know the. It was obviously shot well, you know, the, the opening sequence especially with, the, you know, before they met. Now, you mentioned too, and I only read a little bit about there was this movie at least, a lot of like doubles, two of everything. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, I mean, it's a Hitchcock movie, so there's books on it, you know? Yeah. But, um, but he, the, Wikipedia has a breakdown about the double significance of this. To the point that Hitchcock, he himself is carrying a double base. Onto the train. Right, right. That's uh, one of the things, right. Yeah. That was, it was just, I think, of course, with Hitchcock, you'd expect uh, that's going to be well made, and this was no exception. Well, so, yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, I would most certainly watch this again at some point down the road, if not more than once. Uh, my rating for this is uh, I'm going to give it eight and a half dead carousel operators. Oh, very nice. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> Dead carousel operators falling on lovers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm psyched you liked it. Uh, I mean, I kind of figured you would, but you know, you never know, right? Um, yeah. Again, this has always been one of my favorite movies. I, I saw it when I was very young, probably a little bit too young to even understand some of it. But um, it holds up, man. Every time I watch this movie, it's. It's great again. And, and I think most of that really has to do with the Robert Walker performance. It is just so good. Yes. Uh, everyone in it is good. Even uh, Ruth Morton. She's fine. She was not Hitchcock's pick. Right. She was the, studio, she was the studio's pick. And apparently I, he treated her like shit. Yep. That's what I read too. Uh, <laughs> but she's fine. She's not great. She's fine. She, I mean, she doesn't play a role poorly. No, not at all. I guess it's uh, a. I know uh, what's this? Usually, like to have a, a blonde. So yeah, that's... he well, he he wanted um, uh, Grace Kelly. Oh. Yeah, and then he ended, one. of course, working with Grace Kelly later. But that was his pick in the studio. Said no, they wanted to use one of their contract players. Yeah, contract player. Again, the studio fucking with the Hitchcock production. It's like, listen, first off. Motherfucker ain't gonna live forever. Second yeah, off, yeah. <laughs> he, only, he only makes so many movies. He doesn't have Hitchcock doesn't have like that kind of legacy where he made eighty movies. Yeah, you know he is limited. He made a lot of movies in England in the early days, but 
Yes, Hollywood output. Spread out. Quantity over yeah. quality, uh, quality over quantity. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I love this movie. I would recommend it really for anybody. Uh, I give this movie a nine. Uh, I would, and I'm actually going to rate it uh, nine strangled Mrs. Cunningham's out of ten. Very, very good. Yes. Yeah. Well, well deserved. Uh, homage <laughs> to her death. It was a great yeah. scene. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. Seek it out if you have not. Um, it has everything, really. It's, it's, it's a thriller, film noir, romance, kind of. Um, <laughs> a little it's bit. Some, it's uh, some carnival trauma. It's even a sports movie, if that's your thing, really. It is, yeah. yeah. If you're a lighter enthusiast, you get a little, little of that in there, too. <laughs> yeah, lighter fetishist. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Well, very good. Well, Bill, is your choice uh, for the next episode? Have you chosen a film? Uh, I'm actually looking right now. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, if you don't already go there, you can go to blackandwhitefight.com uh, and pick up these episodes because we're part of that as well. Uh, I really should just make another website, but I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> And uh, we can be found on Spotify, iTunes. I mean, you're listening to us if you're hearing me, so you've already found us. But you can really find us pretty much anywhere uh, that good podcasts are served. Hmm. Okay, I think I have a choice. Yeah. Let's see. With uh, uh, go with one called Kansas City Confidential. Who's in the? You know. Uh, let's see. Is that Jimmy Stewart? No, John Payne, Colleen Gray, Preston Foster. Oh, Lee Van Cleef's in it. Oh, Jack Elam. Uh, yes, the uh, the synopsis. Uh, I'm looking at it through Flex. and see if there's a shorter synopsis on uh, on IMDb because we tend to do that, don't we? Well, I mean, the tagline is the picture that hits with bullet force and blackjack fury. Yeah. Yes, the next con trying to go straight is framed for a million-dollar armored car robbery in Moscow to Mexico in order to unmask the real culprits. Listen, all I know is that someone in this movie, his name is Mr. Big, so I'm all over it. Oh, all right, but it's actually it's actually the band. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I would I'd still be a little impressed. I'd watch it. <laughs> but anyway, right, cool. So so we'll do that in a couple of weeks. And everybody have a good break between now and then. Don't listen to any other podcasts. Have a noir night. <laughs> yes. Guns. Games. Cigarettes. <laughs>